This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Shoved deep into us. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. You're in a situation here where I think it's more of a... They're actively shopping him. From my understanding, they are considering any and all talks regarding Everson Griffin and what his value might be on other teams and where he might fit best. Um, Because they don't want to pay him at this current number, I can tell you that. Like, it's too expensive. You'd be in a situation where if you're Griffin, you say, well, I'm not going to take a restructure. I showed you that I still have it. Reckless speculation. Actually, I I would call it informed plugged in speculation by ESPN.com's Courtney Cronin. How about that? Just a little while ago Hmm. on Purple Daily. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami back tomorrow, so it's just the good old-fashioned, good old-school Mackie and Judd show today. And we have all kinds of stuff, including 10 Days of Twins talk in about 15 minutes from now. We'll check in with Derek Wetmore in Fort Myers. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights at 430 Mel Kuyper, 2.0 Mockage, the scoop with Doogie, and some inside information about KG and choosing to retire his jersey with the Celtics before Timberwolves. You're not going to want to miss the Godfather's Mockage. I'm going to tell you that right now. I can't decide if I like Godfather Mock better or Toddfather Mock. They're both. Well, I, I wait for both of them to update their mocks. Let's just say the Godfather looked at all the kids doing their fun little mocks and he said, "You know what, children? <laughs> he did. Let let the Godfather teach you a little lesson in how to mock." I hope what he did early in that mock, and we'll unveil it later for those of you who are just getting in your cars and you're not I hope what he did was just his own whim saying, "You know what? Bleep it. I'm going to do this." Yeah. Just to just because I totally believe I'm Godfather that. mock and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I want to play a little game with you off the bat here. Love it. It is a Vikings free agency game. It's mostly a Vikings cap space game because today marks 30 days until NFL free agency officially opens up. Now, the tampering window is March 16th, so teams get three days to sort of from like that Monday through Wednesday. The NFL has set this up, too, so tampering starts on a Monday for three days, and then teams can sign players on a Thursday. They get the whole week in the middle of March Madness. And the of course, unofficial tampering window will start next week when the combine starts. Right. When all hell just breaks loose and the league's like, ah, oh, there, there's nothing going on here. What are you talking about? But the unofficial, unofficial tampering <laughs> window probably already started because well, Tom Brady apparently has a two year, $60 million deal ready to rock with Las Vegas, but I'm I here digress. For it. So, Everson Griffin, as you just heard Courtney Cronin on Purple Daily, 
is being shopped, which is not really a surprise because the Vikings can see, there's only like $800,000 in dead cap money toward Everson. Mm-hmm. And he makes on his player option $13.8 million, So they can save $13 million to the cap, mm-hmm. which they are pressed up against and flowing over. So that's the main key for the next 30 days. How can they free up money so they can improve their roster in free agency and then eventually the draft? And so not only are they pressed up and over the cap, they also have already said goodbye contractually to some key free agents, and so they they have to free up money. And so the game I want to play with you here is, and Jonathan, if you could cue up some good old-fashioned NFL Films music here, moves that can save the Vikings the most money. All right. I'm just going to throw these by you, and then we can kick it around. How willing are we to make these moves to free up money? Because making these moves might seem easy on paper, but there are consequences, and we're going to go through uh, those two. I'm ready for those. All right. We'll start with Everson Griffin, the one we mentioned. So you can save about $13 million. However, it does leave you without a pass rusher who had a nice resurgent season last year. Sure, but I've still got Hunter on the other side. I've Maybe got some bar trickery. Right, exactly. Um, and by the way, he also can void that contract now because he reached both a sack and playing time total. So there's a chance that he could simply void it too. He is one of the people I am actually most comfortable with, given his age, allowing to walk away. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to OverTheCap.com, the Vikings are one of two teams in this league that right now are over the projected 2020 cap. By a lot, right? And they are over by $11 million plus. Yeah. Jacksonville, I believe, is the other team, and they're like three mil. So, you know, you cut the punter, right? And that count that total counts Griffin's player option, right? So if they uh, Yes, say, I think it counts everything right now. If they say goodbye to that 13, then they would at least be under the cap. But I'm willing, if there's consequences, I'm willing to take these consequences to make that move. Yep. And he's just, like, he's at that age where there are some positions that you can fairly safely get into your mid-30s. Well, there's that's a good segue. Harrison Smith. Let's, mm-hmm. let's let's go down this list here. Harrison Smith, if you decided to move on from him, he is 31 years old. Pass rushers, running backs, wide receivers who rely on speed, like 31 is a really tenuous age for a lot of position groups. Mm-hmm. I think it's a less tenuous age for safeties because you're not as reliant on straight line speed. There's there's examples when you're that good at cornerback and you play with your mind and you see things develop. The Ed Reeds of the world. Ed Reed picked off nine passes when he was like 33. Yeah, true. So there are there are guys at that position that can play. Troy Palomalu was like 33 and eventually retired. So there's probably a couple years left in the tank of Harrison Smith. Mm-hmm. But you could save 8.7 million dollars if you said goodbye to him. Okay, so I have given this a ton of thought, way more than I probably should. Because the question that I've been asking is this. Do you re-sign to a lucrative multi-year contract because Anthony Harris, who's going to be a free agent, is going to get paid by somebody? It might be you, it might not be. You might get paid more than Harrison makes. Well, but here's the problem. I don't believe that you can afford to pay two safeties top flight dollars. And Harris is younger, and Anthony Harris is a really good player. But, Phil, personally, I've come back to Harrison Smith does so much for me. And, and he's sort of the linchpin of the offense. Or, I'm sorry, the defense. He'll play up at the line sometimes. He will he can do so many different things. And I liken him to a coach on the field. Yeah. So I am not jettisoning Harrison Smith. Yeah, he, he does. I seem, can't do it. He seems to offer a lot of leadership and assistant coach qualities, like you just said. So I... Uh, but I am... I am 
if you're going to go down this path, I am going. I am prepared then to let Anthony Harris walk away. And something to note on Harris, because my my first thought was, boy, like if you can only keep one, and yeah. obviously with Anthony Harris, if he wants to test free agency, like that's the risk. He some other team could swoop him up, and if if you only keep one, I kind of thought for some reason. Anthony Harris was like in his mid twenties. Twenty, he's actually he's twenty eight years old. Yep. So he is younger than Harrison Smith, but he's also not like twenty five or twenty six years old because it took him a few years to figure out how to play like this. So I would not say goodbye to Harrison Smith, but that is a lot of money that you could save if you decided to say goodbye. But you need somebody back there, and you need leaders on defense. So, all right, moves that can save the Vikings the most money: Riley Reef, starting left tackle, would save you. About $9 million to the salary cap, but it obviously leaves you without a left tackle, too. So, <laughs> Okay, my question then is, what's my plan to replace him? There are a couple tackles on the free agent market. Like Pro Football Focus has a couple tackles in the top 25 of their overall 100 free agent list. But, but like if I'm going like to... Are you guaranteed to land one? And if I'm going to try and draft one in the first round, that changes the dynamic. Um, but I also am not naive enough to think that you can simply say, well, let's save money by taking out the guy that protects the quarterback's blind side, and let's yeah. hope it goes well. So unless I have a really good um, explanation of how I'm going to replace him, I almost feel like I'm stuck having to keep him. And see, th- that's the gamble here. If if you think, because I think it's really easy, and we do this in baseball too with the Twins, well, just go sign this player in for agency and you fix it. Okay, well... That player gets to choose which team he plays for. That player has a family that gets to choose where they live. And you have, to what you're going through here, you have massive cap problems. Mm-hmm. So you are not in a position of being like, well, we cut a couple guys, now let's go to market. That's a luxury you don't have. Yeah. And, and this is, by the way, all of these contracts coming home to roost, right? Like, these are all these moves, and he is a great salary cap guy. But I'm sure Rob Brzezinski explained to Spielman and Zim at some point in time, hey, guys, at some at some point I can't push everything down the road forever. So the reef thing to me is not, well, we'll just go sign the next left tackle. So I, re- I think with him, the more I go through this one, you're kind of just stuck for now. It would be a leap of faith because part one is easy. He's just not really that good, and you know he's he's been injured. Yeah. Like He's just... And he makes too much money, so part one is easy. Just I just say goodbye to him. It's been a nice little couple year run. Like we can all just easily do that. But all right, well, how do you how do you fill the void at one of your most important positions? And it's a leap of faith to say that you would sign someone of equal or better play and value. And as O'Neal, Riley Reef. O'Neal, the the whole thing of well, just switch him from right right to the left side. It's not that easy. Like you just don't switch and be. It's a whole different skill set as far yeah. as training your brain. So this whole notion that oh Brian O'Neill was a good right tackle and he'll be a great left you don't know that the other thing too is you could say well I mean then you just commit that your first round draft pick is going to be the best left tackle available okay well what if three come off, and I haven't looked at all the mocks but like what if three come off the board and you know now you're stretching okay well I guess we're going to wait till the second round okay were you going to put a rookie left tackle in so to I'm, protect a thirty million dollar quarterback in a win now season so like, I'm not cutting him unless I know a lot more. Honestly, I cut him and take my chances. <laughs> I, just, I like that you just went. He's not that good. No, he's not. You, gotta do some, you, you gotta just do went some, through the whole thing. I, and just then cu- you, I cut him and what take a my chances. Sorry. What a curveball you I'm, threw. I'm here to lay out all the different angles. I mean, ideally, I'm with you. <laughs> he but, sucks, okay? Let's what? just be honest. Yeah, but <laughs> who's going to replace him? He's a nice guy. 
No, right. I don't think he is really. What? I think he's sort of a he's kind of surly. Stubborn, right, then surly I don't feel dude. bad. No. He's, he's rich though. He'll be fine. Oh yeah. All right. Moves that can save the Vikings the most money. Thirty days away from the official opening of free agency, which the Vikings have right now. No money to spend in free agency. Thus, this exercise. Xavier Rhodes. You say goodbye to Xavier Rhodes, and it saves you eight million dollars to the cap. And if we stop right there, it's a very easy decision, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, he's not what he was three years ago, so get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But here's the other side of it. Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander are also free agents, which leaves you, if you say goodbye to Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, and Xavier Rhodes, you have just Mike Hughes, Holton Hill, and that's pretty much it. All right. That cornerback. Yeah, uh, and nonetheless, I am going to to cut him. He is so overpaid now. I, I he too. has gone backwards so badly. The only one of the group that I'm going to really work uh, to bring back is Alexander, because I really like him. Now, I don't know if he wants to come back. I think he would probably like to get paid as an outside corner and play out there. And so I don't know if he feels like he's been treated great here, and he might he might leave on his own accord. Uh, I'm not going to pay Trey Waynes what I think Trey Waynes is going to get. And with Rhodes, it's just been it's been a great run for him. But I cannot continue to pay a guy who gets beat as much as he does, like he's being paid. Yeah, it's uh, that's this one's not hard for me. I think the position group is hard because sure. you just you know, and this is where you start to look at positions the Vikings might look to draft, and because they're losing all these cornerbacks to, to potential free agency, then all of a sudden drafting a cornerback in the first round again makes more sense. I say goodbye, and he's just not the answer. I would be much more likely to try and keep Mackenzie Alexander than Xavier Rhodes and uh, just take my chances. But it is a little daunting when you look at all the different things they're trying to fill. If they say goodbye to Everson Griffin and they say goodbye to Riley Reef, well, hey, do you have enough money and Coach him up, assets? Dom. Coach him up, Mikey. It's true. Can you? And, and, and this is, I guarantee you, these are the conversations for the last several weeks that Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer have had, which is, all right, if we're going to lose... Everson Griffin and Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes and maybe Mackenzie Alexander. What can we tweak schematically to yeah. at least make this thing better? So, all right, the last name I have for you, moves that can save the Vikings the most money. Linval Joseph, 31 years old. You would save $10 million yeah, you know to what? the salary cap. This is if if Riley Reef is your guy where, where you're like, there's all these reasons not to cut him, but I'm going to cut him. I'm going in that direction with Joseph. You're cutting him. I'm cutting him. Well, I'm either restructuring him and he comes back on my terms, or I'm going to cut him. Um, It's a huge savings, and I think he's a good player. I think he no longer is up to the player he was when he signed that contract. There's a lot of reasons not to cut him, but I am so up against that cap that that saves me huge. I'm cutting him. I'm cutting him and Rawls. Oh, and by the way, I'm also not paying Dalvin Cook. So yeah, that's the. I'm yeah, also not paying tentacle. him. That's how I'm going to say. So, money. so I I have cut Everson Griffin, Riley Reef, and Xavier Rhodes. So I just saved the Vikings thirty million dollars to the salary cap. I will keep Linval Joseph. A restructure would be nice. Takes two to tango. So we're going to exchange Reef and Joseph. And so you're cutting Griffin, uh, Rhodes, and Joseph. So yep. you have saved the Vikings. $31 million to yep. the salary cap. Send your thank you to Judd Zolgad, score north. At, that's at Jay Zolgad on Instagram. Instagram, now. by the way. Football. Jonathan, I'm on Instagram. 
Judd Zolgad, Instagram star. Who says old guys can't learn new tricks, huh? Judd already has a selfie video posted on Instagram, and you've gained, I think, 30 followers in the first hour that you've been on the gram. Oh, I thought you were going to say 30 pounds, and I was going to say that's a totally different thing. <laughs> well, the camera, the ca- those selfie yeah, cameras those, Yeah, I know. Make it look like you're a little heavier. This is a great thing. It's an attractive website. I tell you, Instagram. There, so we, we've been Twitter guys for ten years, and like I, I have been much more active on Instagram in the last couple of years than before. But there are actually way more people active on Instagram than Twitter in the world. Are there really? I don't know if it's the case of like our audience or sports fans, because I think Twitter is still very much popular for sports fans and live events. If you're watching the Super Bowl or the Oscars, Twitter's the place to be. Okay, but Instagram, there's just more people on it. Okay. And uh, you can put selfies on there. So it's it's basically videos, photos with small blurbs, it looks like. Yep. That's it. All right. That's cool. There it is. That's cool. At Jay Zolgad on Instagram. I'm yeah. at Phil Mackey on Instagram, and I believe Rami is at Rami is gramming on Instagram. <laughs> okay. He is at Rami is tweeting. I don't know how this works for all of the social platforms. Like Twitch, at Rami is twitching. I, I don't know. And Twitch is a gamer thing more so, right? It is. It is. Should we get to uh should we get to Wetmore's Wetmore down there? We got Wetmore on the phone, don't we? Or on the Let me let me play the official sounder here real quick. Swing and a drive, first pitch. It's two to nothing. The rain has come again. It's 10 days of Twins Talk on Matthew and Judd with Rami. Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers. You can find regular episodes of the Score North Twin Show on scorenorth.com, the Score North app, or Apple or Spotify. And let's start out with the big tease in our inboxes from you. Do you have an update on number 20 gate, the battle for number 20 between <laughs> Rosario and Josh Donaldson? Uh, my first question for you guys is how many gates do we have to go through before we're done calling everything a gate? Well, this It'll is the, never end now. This is a big one. This is a big one. <laughs> um, well, I talked with both people involved in... 20 gate today and it sounds like eddie rosario will be keeping number 20 josh donaldson 24 for the season um it sounds like it's kind of straightforward right like hey typically a veteran player especially one of donaldson's star caliber typically just gets what he wants right well Rosario told me that it's uh, it's a little bit different than usual because he's thinking about not only himself but his family and his city in puerto rico where he says, you know, I'm thinking about the fans back home and in Minnesota. Not everybody's going to have money to buy another jersey. So for that reason, he says it's really important to him to keep number 20. Um, I know it's really important to Josh Donaldson, too. So I don't. I was going to say, how's Josh that. doing with this? Uh, he was he was brief when I <laughs> talked with him about it. Uh, he said, uh, in fact, there's a story. I'll, I'll put it up on the wire here. I want to proof it first. But that... Uh, that he said, it looks as of right now that I'm probably going to keep my number. And I said, 24? And he goes, <laughs> yes. I said, how do you feel about this? It was, it was just very, it was... Uh, it got uncomfortable. It's, clear, it, it's quite clear. I, I would say yes. Well, and you add to that, too, jo- uh, Judd, that you outed me for stocking Josh just the day before. I think that probably helped raise the tension in the room well, a little bit. Well, it sounds bit. like it got really weird. I mean, it's one thing to go on the field with the guy, but when he tries to go install, too, can you leave him alone <laughs> next time? I mean, can I'm just spe- saying it got can uncomfortable. Can you spare a square, Josh? Just, just do my job. Um, all right, so I, I saw a story today 
And on the surface, this is going to sound like no big deal because it's spring training hype. But I think for the guy who said it, or because it's the guy who said it, it is a big deal. Rocco Baldelli, in addressing the team for the first time, Derek Wetmore, sounds like he talked about World Series expectations. And basically, it can be us. And, you know, for a lot of guys, it'd be like, okay, yeah, of course, it's spring training. You're going to be excited. I would, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, I would hazard a guess the year ago, Rocco Baldelli in no way, shape, or form would have said that to the clubhouse on day one. What does this say about the expectations, not only of the Twins brass, Rocco, Thad, and Derek, but also about Rocco's comfort going into year two, where he definitely knows the lay of the land more and can up expectations without feeling like it might be too much? Yeah, it's a great question, Judd. Um, there it is. Nice there, job, Judd. There it is. First out of the gate. First to shoot, first to score. I'm dancing right now. Um, it's, it's interesting because I don't think that this is the first time they're having those conversations. Like I think they talked about World Series last year. The difference this year, to me, now they're talking with us about it. Like yeah. Rocco wouldn't come out on day one of Camp Rocco in his not only his uh, MLB managerial debut, but this guy that's never managed before. He wasn't going to say on day one, you know, to to borrow a phrase from Tim Brewster, Pasadena or bust. Like he he was mellow and you know reasonable expectations. But I do think Judd internally. I do think they were talking about World Series. They were talking about goal number one, unseat the Indians, win the division, ensure a home playoff game at Target Field. Once you get through that, then the goal is World Series. Um, so the difference to me now this year is he's talking about it publicly, and I think that that's in part because he has a lot of veterans on this team. Keep in mind, I'm guessing there are some promises made to some of these guys who are coming in. This isn't a uh, nice little Twins team that's going to, you know, hopefully win around 90 games and be at least in the mix for the wild card. You know, you go sign a Rich Hill for on a sort of half rehab contract. He doesn't sign with a team just so he can pitch three months and have fun in September. Rich Hill is here to win a World Series, and he's talked openly about it. Josh Donaldson, same deal. So I think that... Rocco going sort of public with his aspirations for World Series. I'm not sure it's changed the sight of the Twins, but I do think it's a good look that, hey, this is a team that looks and talks like it's ready to win right now. See, I think putting it out there before the season, and and this is the first time I don't think I remember Gardenhire doing this or Molitor just flat out saying World Series. Unless I'm wrong, maybe someone can go find uh, all of Gardenhire's spring training press conferences for 15 years, but I honestly think putting it out there holds you accountable to make the moves necessary between now and July 31st. If you need to go get a big-time pitcher, listen, you have spoken the goal, World Series. I think it I think it makes it more likely that you're going to follow through on moves that you need to get to that level between now and July 31st, Derek. Yeah, I, th- I get what you're saying, Phil. I think that there's uh, that onus was already there. I-, I mean, I think you signed Josh Donaldson, and that onus is there. That, hey, this is a really good team. This is the best team in the American League Central on paper for sure. But is it the best team in baseball on paper? Not as I look at it right now. Um, they'll be up there with certainly the Yankees. Um, I still think the Astros are going to be great. Uh, the Dodgers are probably World Series favorites right now, and the Nats won it last year. So... There's a small handful of teams that are at that elite level, and the Twins, to me, are 
sort of what the bottom end of that group, right? Is it crazy to consider them in the same competition with those teams? Um, I don't think so personally, but I think the move you're talking about where, Hey, now you've said it. So now it's committed to the record. So you got to go out and get somebody. If you got to get somebody in July, I think that day happened when they signed Josh Donaldson. Probably true. Hey, uh, given what you just posted on a Twitter at score North, um, at our Twitter site, Give me who you think is potentially a candidate for contract extensions on the Twins. Yeah, I've got a couple of them, actually. I was kicking this around this week, uh, just doing a little bit of digging down here, and it sounds like there's no traction yet in contract negotiations. Remember last year they got Jorge Polanco and Max Kepler done, and it was a little bit later in the spring, so I could still see it happening. I just I just know that there have been no meaningful talks right now to extend any of their internal guys. But, you know, who would make sense? Jose Barrios makes sense to me. Um, Eddie Rosario, do you want to extend him or do you want to go year to year with that? But the Twins have a few options that are maybe a little bit more nontraditional. Judd, I think you wrote about it at TwinsFest. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is a really interesting one because you're not typically talking about extending a 40-year-old player. But the Twins obviously loved his performance last year, um, could see it continuing. And I get the sense, Judd, just kind of being around the club and you know knowing how impactful Nelson has been in his 12 months with the team, he's the kind of guy they'd like to keep around even post-playing career, if it's at all possible, if there's any role for him. You know, down here there's uh, Rod Carew, Tony Oliva. I heard Justin Morneau is going to be down here at some point. Like, the Twins do tend to uh, take care of people who have been meaningful and impactful for the organization. Certainly Cruz has been that. So, I don't know. He's on the list. Uh, How far do you want to go down here? Because we could keep talking, like, Mitch Garver, but that would have to be a long-term deal for it to make sense. Yeah, yeah. What does a Barrios extension look like? Because I don't think... Among the candidates to take uh, deals, I don't think he's going to come close to taking a team-friendly deal. So if we're talking about a Brios extension, what are we talking about in terms of years and dollars, do you think? Great question, because there is... Oh, and I meant that sincerely. One That actually just slipped out. I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to great question you. Good. Let's go to the judges' panels. Yeah, that was... That Let's was, start counting Derek's. That was sincere. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, we're waving it off. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Judd, I tried. Shot clock, right. man. Sorry. The shot sure. clock ran out. Derek's in too close. I tried to get it through. Um, it is interesting because he's a... So the factors that go into this, age, ability, years to free agency. That's... I mean, there's more to it, but that's pretty much all I'm looking at. So when you factor all those things together... The only recent contract extensions for pitchers at his level with his experience uh, and his proximity to uh, yeah free agency, Aaron Nola and Luis Severino. And those guys signed about four years, $40 million, four and 45, something like that. So if I was the Twins, that's the deal I would put down in front of Barrios. I would say, look, we think you're great. You are coming into your best years. We think your best days are ahead of you. We want those to be in a Twins uniform for as long as possible. And uh, I would put those contracts up as the comparison point, too. Say, hey, what what would 4 and 45 get us? Are we even close? Are we even in the same ballpark? That's at least what I'd approach him with. Uh, a couple more minutes here with Derek Wetmore from the Score North Twin Show. Apple, Spotify, Score North app if you want to listen. So I saw a tweet that was floating around with uh, 
with reference to the Twins' new slogan that they're using on T-shirts down there. Maybe you can help fill some of this in here. It's a very PJ Fleckian-like acronym, which means I love it and Judd's probably going to hate it, and I know Royce's <laughs> going to hate it. E-R-O on yes. the back of Twins' shirts. Event plus response equals outcome. And that you can't always control the events around you, but you can control your response to those events. Make something good out of bad. I love this. I think it's very Rocco Baldellian, but it's also very PJ Fleckian. And anything in those categories, I sign up for, Derek. Uh, They're very different in their outward energy, but in the message of, you know, true to yourself and leaning towards optimism and don't let external factors sort of derail you from doing your job. Um, They are so similar in that way. Um, Yeah, event plus response equals outcome. And I really like that it gets people who don't... That's a lot of math for Judd. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, this is the twins. They're (laughs) analytics-focused in 2020. I think Wetmore, it's perfect. Mine is D-Y-J, do your job. Do your job, yes, yes. Let's cut to the chase. That's a perfect... Do your uh, job. Judd Zolgad slogan. (laughs) I do think, guys, there is something, too, like... I've heard from a number of different players just in in chit-chat, so I don't know if I'm spilling any beans here hopefully not but it's the radio so we're going to go with it they're not going to hear it don't worry that (laughs) big big listeners on the podcast though um that uh you know baldelli one of his things that he says privately and behind the scenes is like a relaxed ball player is a is a great baseball player because ultimately the 25 people that are here and i know i'm using a lot of buzz phrases here i'm trying to stop but i'm kind of channeling my rocco right now on accident that if you're here, you're good. You're a very good baseball player. You don't get to big league spring training just on some sort of happy accident or like you got cut from your JV team and stumbled into Fort Myers and they gave you a jersey. You're a very good player, and one of the things that derails people, okay, injuries one, bad luck, but another thing is like your ability to handle some of these response things. If you get sent out, how do you respond? Do you embrace it and say, like, oh, these are the three changes they said I need to make. I'm going to go kill it. Or do you say, like, man, I'm better than that guy. How do they send me out? This is Bush League. I, there are two different types of responses to that demotion, and I can tell you which one of them sticks around in the big leagues a lot longer. It's much easier to say than it is to do, but I know that's the type of player and the type of attitude that Rocco and the Twins will be looking for. Swing and a drive. First pitch. It's 2 to nothing. It's 10 Days of Twins Talk on Matthew and Judd with Rami. That is Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers, Florida for the rest of the week. We're going to send Judd down there in about uh, two weeks or so. And you can read Derek's work at scorenorth.com and listen to the Score North Twin Show, Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. Derek, we will talk to you. We'll find you on Score North Live at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Then we'll talk to you on this show again on Thursday. Sounds great, guys. Thanks. All right. See you, Derek. When we come back here, Judd Zolgad, we're going to dive in with Tom Pelissero to the latest in NFL pre-agency, There's we'll call it. So much. Some Drew Brees news that mm-hmm. came out today and a Mel Kiper 2.0 with a couple interesting things. We sit here in the TCL studios with a couple 55-inch 4K Roku TVs. The newest TCL Roku TVs are some of the hottest and best TVs on the market. The perfect way to watch all of your favorite things, whether it's sports or entertainment, easy access to endless TV show episodes and movies on thousands of streaming channels. Whether you stream it like I do right now as a cord cutter, 
or you pay for cable or a satellite subscription, or maybe you use the built-in tuner to access over-the-air channels. The TCL Roku TV makes it easy to enjoy everything. Fewer cords, fewer connections, especially if you're a cord cutter. Uh, TCL TVs have received rave reviews from all kinds of top websites, like the Editor's Choice Award from CNET. TCL, you can find out more at TCLUSA.com or stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Also, on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is where Luther Brookdale Toyota sits, and all throughout the month of February, they will take whatever service light you have on in your vehicle, they will turn that light off, tell you what it means, and give you a free, no-obligation estimate on repair. It's the best service department in the Twin Cities, and it's a place my family and I have trusted for decades, and they'll make sure you are running right and running safe during these wintry conditions. Yesterday was a great example. Sadistically, I was actually excited to drive around yesterday in the blizzard-like conditions. I said, bring on all of the bad weather conditions because I have a 2019 RAV4 from Luther Brookdale Toyota with four-wheel drive, great safety features, great technology to keep me entertained with uh, the Apple CarPlay system that basically turns my car into a smartphone. Any audio app I have on my phone shows up on the inner console, I can just tap the Score North app, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, and I can be entertained while it takes me 50 minutes to drive home. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Jonathan here with the Score North download. This download brought to you by the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. We'll get you to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just one moment. But first, listen and win with the free Score North app. This month, one lucky winner will win a $200 gift card to Amazon.com just for having and using the app. Register your app. Listen to your favorite Score North content, and you could be a winner. Speaking of that Score North content, Purple Daily today, Courtney Cronin and Matthew Collar were talking about Vikings trade candidates and possibilities going into free agency. And Courtney dropped this little Everson Griffin bomb on us. You're in a situation here where I think it's more of a... They're actively shopping him. From my understanding, they are considering any and all talks regarding Everson Griffin and what his value might be on other teams and where he might fit best. Um, Because they don't want to pay him at this current number. I can tell you that. Like, it's too expensive. You'd be in a situation where if you're Griffin, you say, well, I'm not going to take a restructure. I showed you that I still have it. That was over on Purple Daily, which can be podcasted right now on any of your favorite podcast app and the Score North mobile app. The best price on everything golf is at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, February 21st through the 23rd at the Minneapolis Convention Center. All advanced paid tickets come with 21 green fee passes. Go to minnesotagolfshow.com to buy tickets. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Football. Let's get him in here. Tom Pelissero from NFL Network for some Tom Pelissero NFL insights. And uh, this this pre-agency period for the next... The, today is, is the 30-day mark, one month before, uh, before free agency opens up officially, Tom Pelissero. And one domino that we were wondering about did fall today and that Drew Brees is going to come back and play in 2020. We think for the Saints, but... Uh, what does that domino do for some of the other dominoes, Tom Pelissero? Well, this was not really a surprise with Drew Brees. Uh, you know, the all indications were he just wanted, like a lot of players at that stage in his career, to kind of take a step back after the season, not make emotional decisions. Obviously, you know, his season ended with 
the Vikings beating him in New Orleans in a pretty stunning type of a game. Uh, he went through a lot this season in terms of his thumb and everything else. But if he was going to play, as it has been in recent years, and I think we talked about this on the show, uh, you know, he's wanted to continue to try to win another one with the Saints. He's just, he's got roots there. He doesn't really want to go and, you know, start over at this point. That's why you know, it was kind of fascinating because a lot of times you get players who will leverage, you know, their situations for money. Well, Drew, in his announcement, puts out there basically that he's going to be back with the Saints. He's not under contract. Now, how that all you know plays into this, we'll uh, we'll see. They got to get something done by uh, March 18th just to avoid some uh, cap considerations from uh, coming into play here. But you know, really, what it does is it just makes it more clear that Teddy Bridgewater likely is headed to the free agent market. Uh, and they've also now the Saints have to figure out uh, what to do with Taysom Hill, who is a restricted free agent, but depending on what tender they give him, could draw some interest elsewhere. So, Tom, uh, Combine starts on Sunday, I believe, and we are exactly a month out today from the start of the new league year and free agency. Give me what, in your mind right now, is the ju- the juiciest thing outside of Brady that you're tracking. I mean, there's a lot, Judd, really. I mean, between Brady, you know, Breeze, again, seems to be, yep. um, you know, largely, you still have to work out the contract, but that seems largely done. Uh, Dak Prescott and what takes place with the Cowboys, a new coaching staff there. Can they get a deal done? Does that end up going the franchise tag route? Um, you know, potentially, you know, comes to July before we know exactly what's going to take place there. Uh, Philip Rivers being a free agent, the Chargers have already said he's going to hit free agency. What happens with Jameis Winston? What happens uh, with Ryan Tannehill? Is that another tag situation? You know, the other quarterbacks on the market, Mariota uh, was, you know, former number two pick. He's a free agent right now. Uh, and you got a whole bunch of other notable names. I mean, Melvin Gordon, Derek Henry, Amari Cooper, A.J. Green, Jadevian Clowney, Shaquille Barrett. Uh, now, yes, I have a spreadsheet in front of me. I'm reading you those names. Hey, keep going. This is great. Ordered by the by, you know how relevant they are to TV. I mean that's a that's a lot of big names to say nothing of you know do we get a Cam Newton trade or a, you know an Andy Dalton trade, a Derek Carr trade, Le'Veon Bell. What happens with him? What happens with Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean there's the list goes on, but there's a lot of really compelling situations. And one month from today, uh, if the history is any indicator, we'll already have a lot of answers because free agency would have begun. Uh, about 90 minutes, uh, you know, ago, if this were one month from now, and with the uh, the negotiating window that takes place for the two days in advance, a lot of the deals are already done uh, by the morning the free agency begins. Tom Pellicer, what if uh, if any insight do you have into what the Vikings have planned here? Because the the the, the first step is if if they do indeed believe that their Super Bowl window is open, and I think we all think that they do believe that. They got to clear money out if they want to improve this thing via free agency. They are pressed up and over the salary cap, and there's a lot. I mean, Everson Griffin is an obvious candidate, thirteen million dollars savings right there. And we went through some of the list earlier in the show, but the, the Vikings have a lot of moves they could make. They could also sort of stand pat in certain places. Do, do you have any inkling as to what they might do in the next thirty plus days? There's a lot of moving parts, and with the Vikings, you know, every team operates on their own timeline. Of course, we've seen some teams uh, make a you know a bunch of moves or notable moves already uh, between the Chargers making their announcement, the Browns uh, cut a bunch of guys. Uh, we've seen a few of those. The Vikings tend to go pretty close to the wire. They usually meet with all their uh, agents for all their players at the Combine in Indianapolis, which starts next week, uh, and then a lot of their deals, you know, whether it's 
restructures, extensions. I mean, the Everson Griffin restructure last year went right down to the wire. Uh, you know, their cuts generally come in those final couple of days. Uh, so, you know, we may not know. Now, they're, they're still working through all that. I know that they were, uh, you know, in meetings all day today. A lot of teams are before they get ready to head down to Indianapolis. But, you know, to sit here and say they know everything they're going to do, part of it's just a matter of you know, making the numbers work. And they've got some guys who are candidates for, uh, you know, renegotiation, for pay cuts. Uh, they've also got a bunch of, uh, you know, pretty good uh, unrestricted free agents. I mean, there's, there's a ton of different scenarios. I, I think it would be, um, you know, probably specious of me to sit here right now and say that I know what the plan is because they've got to have plans A, B, C, and D just because all their moving parts. Do, uh, do you think, Tom, in your mind that Dalvin Cook gets an extension, or do you think that he is at least asked to and or comes back and plays on the fourth year of that uh, of his current rookie deal? I would just say this. If Delvin Cook does not have an extension, I definitely wouldn't expect to see him around the facility this spring. Okay. Uh, come training camp, we'll see, because there's a whole bunch of implications and fines and everything else. But uh, he, I mean, he's played three years at that position. He showed this season when he was uh, fully healthy what he can do. He's had some you know, unfortunate injury situations, obviously, through the, uh, the course of his career. But he's in a, a good position in that he doesn't have a fifth-year option because he was a second-round draft pick. Uh, his extension is going to need to come sooner than later. Again, the Vikings, with their history, a lot of their extensions don't get done until uh, right before training camp. Uh, could a deal get done sooner than that with Delvin Cook? We'll see. I would certainly expect there's going to be conversations about that in Indianapolis next week. But you know, if you're Delvin Cook, you've shown, again, that you can be a pretty rare player when you are fully healthy. That is going to come with a significant price tag, and we'll see how that uh, piece of the puzzle fits into their plans as well. The thing is, and this is this is where I keep going back to, and I don't know, maybe you have examples of just like where teams allocate money and and what the recipes for success look like. But if you're already allocating almost thirty million dollars to a quarterback and a combined thirty million dollars to two wide receivers, and then maybe ten to twelve million dollars to a running back if this new deal goes through, that's like. Thirty-three percent of your salary cap to three skill position players and a quarterback who isn't a top five or six needle moving guy. He's not mobile. Um, is that? I mean, are there examples of loading up those positions and still being able to win a championship? I mean, off the top of my head, I'd have to go through the Steelers when they had uh, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon, and Ben yeah. Roethlisberger all making a lot of money. They were certainly a team that was in the mix. The Seahawks always are pushing their cap, but that was more so on defense when they paid. You remember they paid all those guys after the Super Bowl run with Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Bennett Naverell making a decent amount of money, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. I mean, they extended a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, so there's different ways. The Saints always are, are pushed up against the cap. They've paid a lot of money uh, to Drew Brees and right now Michael Thomas. Uh, eventually they're going to have to pay Camara. In the past they've paid different guys at different spots and they've had to make some Tough decisions. You know, those are all just, that's all part of kind of, you know, putting the pieces together in the puzzle. I mean, the other thing you have to remember is Kirk Cousins' contract is up after next season. Now, that's not saying, and I'm certainly not reporting that they're planning to move on from Kirk Cousins, but he's got a $31 million cap number in 2020. You know, if they were to do another deal with him, that number in all likelihood, depending how they structured it, might go down. Uh, in 21, you know, and Dalvin Cook, if they did an extension with him, his number in 2020, when you have that big Cousins number, would be relatively low. 
I mean, there's they got to figure out how to make all the parts work. But this is not a unique situation to the Vikings. That's this is why you need to draft well. Those those high draft picks in particular are your young, cheap workforce that you got to ride and make sure that those are are good picks and guys who are going to help you. And you know, if there's a reason to have confidence, if you're a Vikings fan, it's that you know by and large under uh, Rick Spielman and George Payton and company, the Vikings have have used those high picks pretty well. They've had some, you know, bizarre things happen, like the Sharif Floyd thing, which, you know, who thinks that you're going to have a, a mishap in surgery that ends a guy's career? I mean, it was horrible for, for Sharif. There were ramifications for the Vikings and their cap, but mostly they've, you know, they've hit on those guys, and you just got to have faith uh, that they're going to continue to hit on them because that's the only way that you can, you know, ultimately, over the long haul, keep your cap healthy and, and keep your roster in position to win. Why do you think Stefan Diggs won't quit tweeting? You know, every day it's something cryptic. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was too. Yeah, it, no, it's, Come on, that's a point I for me. I mean, I've, I, I saw great question the, point, Tommy. Saw the, uh, listen, I, I saw the, there was a sequence of them. I can't remember. I think it was about a week ago. And I texted somebody who knows them well who just said, who knows, man. <laughs> it's like. There's just always, you know, there's always something. Is it meaningful? There was some stuff during the season, too. And, um, you know, Stephon, I, I, I have a great relationship with Stefan. I, I like the guy. Everybody said once he came back, after the stuff that happened in, you know, September, early October, when, you know, he skipped a couple of days and got the snot fined out of him, he came back and he was pretty good the rest of the season. He was obviously super productive when Adam Thielen was hurt, when he was out with the hamstring. I mean, let's not forget what Diggs did. I mean, he's in a great position where he's doing a lot of money, from the team that he's on, if he eventually were to become available, at this point it would not be via you know release, obviously it would be via trade, he would do very well someplace else. He's still a really young guy. Uh, he knows that you know in, in the big picture, probably doing what he did in September is not a thing that he can repeat because he start getting a, a reputation, but he was good once he got back in the building. What the tweets are all about, if it's just a matter of you know trying to you know make sure he gets some attention in the off season. Who knows? I, I haven't asked him about it, but all I can tell you is once he got back last season from everything that happened, he was pretty good, and now they just got to figure out again whether that piece fits in the puzzle going forward. What does your personal schedule look like when the free agency window opens up the week of March 16th? Like, do you do you sleep? What do you what do you do that week? <laughs> Uh, the week free the free agency actually opens like March 16th when teams can officially tamper. How many hours are you sleeping on March 16th? Uh, oh, no, it's it's not much. I mean, last year, you know, we started a free agent frenzy. I haven't seen the schedule for this year. Uh, but last year we started on Sunday, so the day before the window even opened. And we did like eight hours or something that day. Then Monday until the – I think the window opens at noon, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to give up bad info, so I'll keep talking while I check. Uh, but, you know, once that gets going, you know, it's just kind of nonstop. The big – the big thrust of it last year was Tuesday. That's when the Odell Beckham Jr. trade happened. Anthony Barr backed out on the Jets. Uh, a, there were a ton of other deals. And then uh, at, like, midnight, Le'Veon Bell had announced he was dropping his uh, mixtape on the Internet, which That's right. I thought at midnight Eastern to 11 p.m. Central, and I and other people were staying up. I couldn't actually access it because you couldn't get it on iTunes. I couldn't figure it out, but some other reporters were, like, live-tweeting the lyrics. So once I saw that, like, in the first five tracks, he didn't reveal what team he was signed with, I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to bed. 
So I go upstairs. I crawl into bed. I'm planning to get like five hours of sleep. So I got to pop up for a good morning football. And all of a sudden, tweet, lady onto the Jets. I call the news desk and I'm like, do you need me? They're like, yep. Walk back downstairs, uh, suit jacket, shirt, tie, no pants. Did the Le'Veon Bell like a half hour on it. Then we get to the, uh, so like the segment ends. I'm just like, this is unbelievable. And I hear in my ear, yeah, so Ian had to go to sleep. Uh, are you cool retaping the, the A block right now? Instead of, because we have the rear that of course is outdated. I'm like, yeah, sure. So then we did another half hour talking through everything else we've been reporting. And at some point during that, uh, during that sequence, I realized that I was still in the same chair, wearing the same shirt, tie, and sport jacket I've been wearing 19 hours <laughs> earlier on TV. That's what it's like. I mean, Monday, to, even though it begins on Wednesday, you will not want to tune away from NFL Network on the Monday, Tuesday, really even the Sunday of free agency week because we will have nonstop action, that I can promise you. Why was Ian allowed to go to sleep and you weren't? This doesn't seem very fair. No, it, was a, it was a total scam. It was because we. Oh, yeah, that sounds like BS. Morning football. We're both. We're both going to be up early. He apparently told someone like, "Yeah, I'm out." And I don't know if it's like the one hour time change. The show starts at the same time. This is not like you know you don't have multiple timelines happening here. I'm not you know in a DeLorean re, you know gaining back that hour. Like we're all on at the same time. Right. So when we said, "Yeah, Ian went," they just got in my ear and said, "Ian went to bed." Can you do the? Can you redo the A blocks? We're tape, we're doing it live, not tape. We're doing it live over the tape day block they had from the uh, from the other show, and they're asking about deals that we had reported seventeen hours earlier. Had Adam Humphreys deal? I'm like, oh yeah, and you know, you, you access the best portions of your brain, and you, you just try to roll from there. Football seems very unfair that he went to sleep and you had to t- tape the A block, but that's just me. Yeah, I got your back, Tom. Shady. By the way, uh, that was Judd Zelgad. The A block. Judd pumping Not his. <laughs> Uh, that was Judd pumping his fist yeah. for the interview. He Judd takes a uh, a four to three to one lead on the season in the good or great question standings. Thanks to Tom Pelissero complimenting Judd there. All right, Tom, we Thanks, will Tom. we'll catch you again next week. Sounds good, boys. All right, see you, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. The bitterness there with Rappaport, and you can tell it's real. Oh yeah, that I don't is, blame him. How would you feel? That's high profile. Can you stay media up on media crime there? Can you stay up? Because Ian went to sleep. I wouldn't be happy about it. All right. Choose your own adventure here, okay? <laughs> Got a few minutes left before we... I'm worked we, up right now for Tom. Yeah. Before we get to the scoop with Doogie. All right. Choose your own adventure. We will do both of these on the show, but pick one right now for the next few minutes. Would okay. you like to All right. go through Mel Kuyper's 2.0 mockage, or would you like to hear from LeBron James on the Astros cheating scandal? He what, just chimed in ago. Yeah, what, and what's the rest of our show like? Because I'd like to get to the mockage. We'll for sure get to the mock. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can get to the mock. Yeah. I think we have time for mock later. I breaking, want LeBron now. Breaking LeBron? All right, yeah. here's Breaking LeBron. <laughs> This is from the at King James Twitter account. This is LeBron James chiming in on the this the first sentence qualifier here is very important. Listen, I know I don't play baseball. Good, thanks. Thank you, LeBron. We, we know. Wow. Yep. I did not know that, but good to know now. Well, and he could play baseball. He's just not a professional baseball player. That's okay. Yeah, he probably he could probably. I bet he can. I, I don't know. I bet he's got good hand eye coordination. He probably does. He says, "Listen, I I know I don't play baseball, but I am in sports." And I know if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I would be bleeping irate. 
I mean like uncontrollable about what I would or could do. Listen here, baseball commissioner. That's amazing, by the way. Listen to your players speaking today about how disgusted, mad, hurt, broken, etc., etc. they are about this. Literally the ball, and then he puts a baseball emoji in parentheses, Mm -hmm. is in your court, or should I say field, and you need to fix this for the sake of sports. And then he gives us the longest hashtag in the history of Twitter. Hashtag, just my thoughts coming from a sports junkie regardless of my own sport I play. Mm -hmm. LeBron James. He's right. Which I say, good for him. Yes. I I love when he gives his opinion on things because... I think for the most part, LeBron James is a pretty smart guy when it comes to things like this. Well, and, what's uh, baseball done in this right. entire thing that's not embarrassing? Nick Markakis, now a pretty darn good player for the Braves, I believe said the whole Astros team deserves to be beat, beat up. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. Yeah, I believe he said they all deserve a beatdown. A beatdown. Yeah, so? And, you know, I, I couldn't help this weekend, but because I, I was taking in some of the NBA All-Star Weekend festivities and... I watched the the Kobe Bryant pregame stuff that they did in Chicago and Michael Jordan montage. They did some great stuff. And I just, you know, I think the NBA does such a great job of celebrating and connecting with a younger audience and letting its players express themselves freely, but also not out of control. And they they experiment with the Elam ending at the end of the fourth quarter in their all-star game. Like, they try new things and they... It's just a it's a very progressive league and I'm not talking necessarily progressive politically. I mean just progressive in terms of how they treat players, the players and the relationship. Have power. The players definitely have some power. But not like override the league power. It's not bad power, I don't think. I think there's a mutual respect between the players and the commissioner and they have mm-hmm. open dialogue and then and then you look at baseball and it's stale and old and the average age of a fan is 15 years older than the NBA. And like the NBA just crushes baseball. And I, baseball is my favorite sport, but the NBA crushes baseball in almost every measurable category. And I think it's because the NBA creates an environment where players can just sort of express themselves and they can connect with audiences. Well, and the commissioner here looks in baseball looks like a complete buffoon. And he's now going around basically threatening the players of what they can't do. And I, I said this on Ventline today, Phil. I think the problem is this, okay? No players are suspended. And and I saw a big piece came out that said that the Player Association would have stood in the way and it would have been just complete chaos. Um, okay, so let's say you're not going to suspend players. Then I think your next step is to say we have to do something really drastic. And by the way, the GM and A.J. Hinch aren't it. That's mm-hmm. not drastic. So we do have to strip the title. We have to, and I'm not saying give it to the Dodgers, but you have to say the 2017 World Series title has been vacated. There's an asterisk by it, and it's vacated. And I know that guys like Pat said, you can't do that. That's dumb. But you have to do something. And I can't blame players. Players are basically saying, so hold on a second. These guys have copped to cheating to win a championship, not just be a good team, win a championship. Mm -hmm. And nothing happened to them. Mm-hmm. I totally get the outrage. It's, it makes perfect sense. It's ridiculous. I mean, think they're not suspended. They don't lose their title. What do they lose? Yeah, they don't and, lose anything. And two, two guys lost jobs and they lost some draft picks. They're in West Palm Beach basically now saying, now this is enough. Think about this for a second, okay? <sighs> if you, as an individual player, if you take a banned substance on purpose or even by accident, let's say, let's say Michael Pineda, for instance, was telling the truth that, listen, I... I didn't know what I was doing, and I it, totally by accident. Or you take a banned substance in order to make money for your poor family or something. Yeah. 
you get popped 80 games, maybe 162, and then out. You're done. Mm-hmm. You maliciously and blatantly cheat and set up a scheme mm-hmm. to win the World Series, and you get nothing. I mean, that's that's the lesson here. And there's other people that are chiming in here, just prominent. So Aaron Judge won the well, – Aaron Judge finished second to Jose Altuve in 2017 for the American League MVP award. And at the time, two years ago, almost three years ago, he tweeted out congratulations to Jose Altuve. He deleted that tweet, and people somehow found that. And he spoke today and said, yeah, I deleted the tweet because I don't feel the same way. I don't, I don't, I don't congratulate him anymore. I don't feel the same way. Mark Cuban came out. Remember when Mark Cuban tried to buy a major league franchise a few years ago? He tried to buy the Cubs, right? And he's just... Uh, he's just too wacky of a guy, yeah. and even though, well, yeah. then well, actually a bunch of bad stuff about the Mavericks organization came out a couple of years ago and sexual harassment. But as an NBA owner for twenty years, he's been one of the best, you know, with that stuff lingering over. But he tweeted today: baseball is a mess right now, and they have zero vision to see their way out of it. I'm thankful they didn't let me buy a team. Yeah, I mean, it's just like LeBron James, but how Mark do you Cuban, not? How, Judge. how do you not end up with a punishment? that at least seems like it fits the crime. Like, how do you end up with saying, well, it's a piece of hardware, so we're not going to take that. Okay, then you're going to suspend him, right? Well, no, we can't do that. Do you think he'll? Do you think Rob Manfred will soak all of this in and then come back and issue or attempt to issue? But now he granted immunity. No, so. I don't think he will. And, and but, but what makes it even more galling is that then he goes to a podium and or sits down with uh, Carl Ravage of ESPN and says, well... If you hit people, you're in trouble. So, at some point in time, this is why guys are like, bleep it. We're yeah. just going to, we, we are be, going to administer justice as we see fit. This is going to wind up. It's a circus. It's anarchy. It, this is going to, but I think this could, like I said yesterday, this could wind up being good if, if it becomes compelling that the Astros are a villain and if this just frees up players in every regard from, from cleats to everything. To just be more expressive and well, have that more part, fun. That part, yes. But the part about the fact that we are going to get guys thrown out right and left and we're going to have bench-clearing balls is going to... It, it'll be entertaining for a day. Uh, it's going to get old, but I think the Astros are going to play a ton of games where they just get th- get thrown at and basically dare Manfred to suspend them. Yeah. Let's come back for our weekly scoop session with Darren Doogie Wilson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. And let's get some more on this Kevin Garnett Celtics jersey retirement story. Uh, KG having his jersey hung in the rafters by the Celtics before the Timberwolves, and Doogie has insight on this. We'll talk about that and other things when we come back here. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app, powered in part by Tondrick Wealth Management. Dale Tondrick is here to help you set up a plan to make sure you are on the right track financially for retirement. There's so many different things to think about. I mean, number one would be, with with the average life expectancy going up and up, which we hope it keeps doing that, well, that means that you could actually run out of money late in life if you're not saving the right way, if you're not tracking the right way. Or maybe on the other side, maybe you're actually able to retire earlier than you think. A lot of people, maybe maybe you work till you're 65 because you think you have to, but really if you would have done some of the right things when you were 40, 45, 50, maybe you could retire a year, two, I don't know, five years earlier if you make those right financial decisions. There's also various tax-related things that could save or cost you a lot of money, depending on uh, on what you're doing. And so just have that reliable, steady hand, Dale Tondrick, that spends his life helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. The number is 952-401-1671. That's 
1671 or myinvestingcoach.com, Judd. Thank you, Phil. Now is opportunity for me to talk to you about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Team, and their guaranteed sales program. And you might have noticed that there's a lot of guys in this town recently who have either been fired or they've been traded. And guess what they're all saying? They're all saying, I got to move. I got to leave because, well, I've got a house here, but the team that I once coached or played for, I am no longer associated with. And so they are planning this spring or summer to sell their home. And if they were to come to me and say, Judd, what should I do? What's effective? I tell them very simply, contact my friend Jason and the Walgrave real estate team because Jason's going to guarantee the sale of your home. And now you're saying to yourself, Judd, around town I've seen things about guaranteed offers. Guaranteed offers sound good. And Jason says, well, that's fine. That's all well and good. But I'm talking about a guaranteed sale. That's right. Jason is going to guarantee the sale of your home. That means the stress is gone. The stress of the move is gone. All you have to do is go to jasonsguarantee.com and click on the Guaranteed Sale button. That's Jason's, J-A-S-O-N-S, Guaranteed.com. Click on that Guaranteed Sale button, and I guarantee you'll be satisfied. Dale Tondrick's Retirement Playbook will air at 9 a.m. this Saturday, an hour earlier than usual. Dale Tondrick offers insight and expertise into retirement savings, and you can listen this Saturday morning at 9 a.m. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, welcome in. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami back tomorrow. And it's 5 o'clock on Tuesday, which means time for our weekly scoop session with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News, and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. And we, we want to do a deep dive here in a couple minutes on the Celtics retiring Kevin Garnett's jersey because... You have been plugged in on this the last few years, and you have had your finger on the pulse of the the KG, Glenn Taylor, Flip Saunders relationship. But since we just got off of mostly an hour of free agent speculation, today is one month until free agents can sign with NFL teams. What what kind of things are you hearing about the Vikings and what they may or may not be doing to clear cap space and what, what they're thinking here? Well, I'll give you this to start. The Cleveland Browns, led by Kevin Stefanski, have some interest in Vikings restricted free agent CJ Ham. It'll be interesting to see. Like, would the Vikings attach a second round tender to a fullback? That second round tender is for over $3 million. I have a hard time seeing the Vikings using a second round tender on a fullback. As valuable their, as he is to that offense, yeah, he'd be one of their 15 highest paid players, I think. If so that's think. not going to happen. So, as an undrafted guy, it would be easy for another team to extend him an offer sheet that would make the Vikings think long and hard. Mm-hmm. So that's one to keep an eye on. I don't foresee Everson Griffin back. He can void his contract once he hits six and a half sacks. He can void. I just have a hard time seeing him back. Steven Weatherly, I could see back. Look for him to sign probably in the five to seven million dollars a year range. You know, this is his big payday coming off that rookie contract. Now, who knows? Maybe he'll play long enough to sign another big contract. But this might be it. But that's about his value somewhere in that ballpark. I know the Vikings do have some interest in retaining him. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, it's going to be one heck of a month. I mean, to me, this is as fascinating an offseason for the Vikings as I can remember. Because when, I'm trying to remember, I mean, Judd, maybe you would know better than me. When's the last time they were, at this point, mm-hmm. $12 million over the cap? They'll think- get under. Um, I don't think since Brzezinski's great, since but Brzezinski, I can't remember a time. Since he got here in 99, which is now eons ago, I don't think they've ever been this far over it. And just to put that into context, 
they are one of two teams in the entire league over the projected 2020 cap. And I believe Jacksonville is three mil plus. So they're over, but not mm-hmm. by a ton. And the Vikings are 11 plus. So it's huge. Uh, inside baseball question about Anthony Harris, the Vikings uh, pending free agent safety. What does the report I saw that you had that he actually switched representation recently to, to athletes first, a group that the Vikings have done a lot of business with? What does that mean to you? Because as Phil and I discussed, I just can't see paying Anthony Harris the going rate that he's going to get Dukes when, when you've got Harrison Smith and tying that much cap room up when you're cap strapped for two safeties. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I was remiss in answering Phil's question. So that's a great Twitter. question, Judge. I, I read that's you on Twitter. That's a fantastic question, Judge. I'm not going to get the point, sorry. Great question. But I mean, I don't. I read you on Twitter <laughs> and I then absorb it for this segment. You're right. I mean, logically, you don't pay two safeties. What twenty to twenty-five to twenty-eight million dollars yeah. combined? You just don't do that. So you're paying Harrison Smith all that money. I can tell you this much: Mike Zimmer thinks the world of Anthony Harris. Mike Zimmer still has plenty of personnel say. Would Anthony take? I mean, I don't think he takes a team-friendly deal. I mean, I talk about Weatherly hitting a payday. This is it for Anthony Harris. He's about to turn. Is he already twenty-eight? 20, about yeah. to turn twenty-eight. Yeah. I mean, this is it, right? Like he's not hitting another monster payday. So ultimately, I do believe money just about will talk loudest. But yeah, I mean, he changes representation. He was actually, I believe, with Creative Arts Agency, which is a huge agency. So it's very interesting that he changes to athletes first. That's Bar's people, right? That's Bar. That's Cam Smith, who doesn't fit into this equation, but linebacker Cam Smith. Sure. Kyle Rudolph, Everson Griffin, Trey Waynes. Mm. Who am I forgetting? I'm leaving somebody out. Harrison Smith. They're actually about to sign another Viking. There's a scoop for you. It'll be announced here in the coming day, so I won't say the name. But athletes first. Scoop. It's called the scoop. Yeah, yeah. I'll save. I'll save the name later. Reckless speculation. But yeah, they're about to seal a deal because the paperwork's not officially signed. But they're about to seal a deal with yeah. with another Viking. So yeah, that agency. It's a huge agency. But that agency, athletes first, has a great working relationship with the Vikings. So does that maybe help the Vikings in re-signing Harris? Maybe it does. I'll tell you this much. I guess I would not be surprised if Harris is back. I'm with you, Judd. I hear you. You don't pay that much money to two safeties, mm-hmm. but I'm just telling you, I would not be surprised if Anthony Harris is back. Yeah. So let's switch gears to Kevin Garnett here for a second. If we have anything left, we can circle back on Vikings here before the the end of the scoop session. But the news came out last week that the Boston Celtics are going to raise Kevin Garnett's jersey to the rafters and retire his number obviously before the Minnesota Timberwolves do. And John Krasinski has a big piece about this on the Athletics website today, and the Timberwolves have been pretty steadfast in saying, listen, if KG would ever want to, like we're wide open to this. But I don't feel like it's as simple as saying, I mean, we're, hey, we're cool over here. I mean, if like this is a complicated, decade-long, 12-year-long sort of uh, frayed relationship. How do you see it from both sides? Who's more at fault for this? Like, what needs to happen for this relationship to get mended? Not just to retire his jersey, but for, oh, I don't know, like one of the only two relevant people ever in this organization, Flip Saunders being one of them, to just be around more and be a part of it? I mean, you can make a case without KG. This franchise is in a different market. Think about what the franchise is valued at now or right after KG walked away compared to the value of when KG started. And I get it across the league. 
franchise values have gone sky high, but especially in the Wolves case. He's brought so much value to the Wolves. This actually goes back 13 years, Phil. 2007. Yeah. The Wolves trade KG to Boston. Glenn Taylor at that time came out, and I think it was the Star Tribune. The outlet is is meaningless. He told some reporter, and I'm paraphrasing, but that KG was tanking at the end of that season. I guess that would have been, what, the 06-07 season. Mm-hmm. Like, KG, you can question some things on KG. Don't ever question his effort. Like, that hit him really, really hard. It was hard for him to ever look past that. In fact, he hasn't. That still gets at him. 13 years later, Glenn Taylor questioning KG's effort really gets at KG. So KG goes, he goes to Boston, eventually traded to Brooklyn. Flip comes back. Flip's got the idea. He had tried for months to bring back KG. Finally, KG waves his no-trade clause. KG had a no-trade. He didn't have to leave Brooklyn. Waves his no-trade. Comes back here. What exactly was promised by Flip to KG? Verbally, not in writing. Verbally, they learned their lesson on that. Going back to Joe Smith. Verbally. <laughs> Partially because of KG. Yeah. What was, yeah, because don't forget how much personnel say KG had. Yep. KG was the de facto general manager when he played here. Yeah. I mean, what he wanted, he got. All right. So KG comes back, waves the no trade. But what exactly, and this is where it's tough. What exactly did Flip tell Glenn? Flip told Kevin, yes, there's a plan here. You will join the front office in some capacity. We're going to bring you into ownership. Remember, Flip had ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, Flip had a big say. So Flip told Kevin all this stuff. But what exactly did Flip tell Glenn? What was Glenn made aware of? And that's where there's some stuff lost in translation. But if you're KG and you were promised all this stuff, then, oh, by the way, your guy Sam Mitchell is fired. He thought maybe he should have had at least some sort of heads up on that. He wasn't in the loop on that. But, hey, the Wolves paid KG $8.5 million his last year to play, what, five games, if that? Mm -hmm. I mean, they paid him a lot of money. And it's not like KG didn't have his warts. Like, I remember years ago, they wanted to make these babushka dolls, and they had to get KG's permission, you know, give them away to the first ten or 15,000 fans. They had to get KG's permission. He wouldn't grant that permission. After they had paid him all these millions of dollars, he wouldn't grant them permission to give away, or maybe it was a rubber ducky, whatever the heck it was, some sort of the likeness Babushka of doll was really big 20 years back. I think it was back. the Babushka doll. It's great because yeah. you had the big one, little one, little one, Correct. smaller. I, I need to Google this. So, I mean, KG, KG was doll. a pain. I think I got a Jason Giambi one. In that regard. Stadium one time, but yeah, it comes down to what was Glenn made aware of, and is Glenn in the wrong for not living up to what Flip had promised KG? Glenn was on the Scoop podcast December of 2018, I asked him about it. He said the invitation stands. It is sitting there whenever Kevin wants. Like if, seriously, if Kevin wants his jersey retired Friday night, the Wolves host the Boston Celtics Friday night at Target Center, the Wolves would make that happen. Can but I, it's not going to happen. It's just not. Can I run this by you guys, though, just to back up here? Because Krasinski's piece was certainly enlightening, as was what you just said, Duke, sort of about how all of this has played out and how we got to today. Can I just say this? One is, to me, this comes down to not finances. It comes down to perceived respect from Garnett. So it's about respect. It's not about how much did I make. And and I know that there's fans like, but he got paid so much. But the other thing is, my personal stance is, I don't give a damn how the Wolves feel 
They need to make this right. And so it's almost like Glenn is like, well, let's see if we can work this out. And Dukes, my idea is if I'm Ethan Cass and I go to Glenn and Ryan, and I go to Ryan and I say, Ryan, we did you a favor here. We like you. You're a good kid, but you're a young coach. We gave you a job that you probably didn't deserve yet. I need you to go to Kevin and make this right with Kevin. Because he's tried. He loved, oh, okay. Judd, he's tried. Okay. And Let then, me just stop you there to yep. suggest that Ryan and KG have a close relationship. I wrong. know that. Is wrong. Oh, they don't. They don't. Oh, I thought they did. It's not like, All right. you know, it's not like it's bitterness or anything. Yep. But to suggest that they talk on a regular basis, yep. text on a regular basis is false. But they then, don't have that sort of relationship. But the, the second part is I would go to Glenn and say, Glenn, we're going to go to Kevin about doing this, and we're going to bend over backwards, which is going to include you not being at the game when his jersey go, goes up. He still won't do it. He still I agree. won't do it? Okay. I'm just I, telling you, Ryan... I think this is on the Wolves to make this... Yeah, Ryan sent a photo... My understanding is to KG at some point last year with him pointing up to the rafters in between. So you don't think there's any leak. you don't think there's any way to remove Glenn enough where Kevin would say because Kevin loves I don't the ever fan. want to say never. Kevin loves the fans. The I don't fans want to say love never. Kevin. And I just I But not right now. It's fr- not happening anytime soon. It frustrates me to read that this is like a two-sided thing where the wolf No, the wolf should do anything that they can. They've in, tried. I'm just telling you they've taking tried. Glenn out. They, of the equation they laid out game. the red carpet for okay. KG's nephews. At some point last year, he went back in the. They went back in the locker room and got photos with play. I'm just telling you, the okay. Wolves have done a good amount. I think KG, put it this way, KG loves the fans. I just talked to somebody who's close to KG earlier today because I knew you guys were going to ask me about this. KG loves the fans, mm-hmm. but really, KG doesn't give a bleep if if his jersey's hanging in the rafters. I think KG might enjoy the drama us talking about this more than the actual thought of a ceremony. But do I think eventually, like, I, I do believe time heals most, if not all, wounds. I do think eventually it'll happen. Do I think it'll happen as long as Glenn Taylor is the owner? No, I don't. To what extent has Glenn, in the last year or so, really thought about selling his majority stake in the team? Because let me, let, me, let me fill this in, and then you answer my question. If Glenn Taylor's presence is preventing the most prominent figure in 30 years of Timberwolves basketball from rejoining the franchise in some capacity. If Glenn Taylor's presence as overseeing, you know, five sixths of this franchise's existence, because he took over as owner in 1994, 1995, has led to this franchise having the worst record in the history of the NBA. And he's a and he's such a nice guy, and I get that. He's not like the hateable James Dolan figure or the Donald Sterling figure. And that's what makes this a little conflicting is that I think we all agree he's really he's a good guy. Like he's a nice guy. He's just a mostly terrible owner of a basketball franchise the last 25 years. And I just wonder, like, does he feel any sort of pressure just based on all of this to say, you know what, I've had my time, it's been a good run, but, like, my presence is not making this better, ultimately. maybe, And maybe he hired the right people in Gerson Rosas, and maybe they finally got it right. Could his his next move for the good of the franchise be to just say, you know what, all right, I finally got it right from the front office all the way down, and now it's time for me to step away so that KG can come back and this franchise can get to the next spot. Although no guarantees that the new owner-slash-ownership group would have a good relationship with KG. But to answer your question, yes, I can see that happening. Yeah, I don't think he feels external pressure. I think it might be more internal with the family, with his kids. Think about how much the Wolves could sell for right now. 
Are we talking $1 billion potentially? Maybe that's a little aggressive. But it's a lot. I think Forbes, I don't know how much I value Forbes, but I think Forbes recently valued them at over a billion dollars. He could make a ton of money. My understanding is he's maybe more open-minded to it than his wife is right now. But I think she could get on board. How about this? You guys do write it down. Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. What is today? February 18th, 2020? Mm -hmm. By February 18th, 2022, the Wolves will have a new owner. Write that down. And? It's two years. So I've got a little bit of leash here, but about two years. Who are the prospects? Not the New York guy. Okay. I don't know who, but not the New York guy. Meyer Orbach. Okay. Who's a limited partner. I'm told he doesn't have the funds. Maybe he could surround himself with the right people. Mm-hmm. I'm told not to keep an eye on him. There's some other groups. I don't have names for you, unfortunately, but not the New York guy. All right. Uh, the Timberwolves, by the way, according to Forbes, are worth $1.37 billion, 28th out of 30 teams. So but it's still, actually one of the three least valuable franchises, but it's still worth $1.3 billion. Yeah, I can. He bought them for, what, $94 million, $98 million, yeah. something like that? Yep. In and, and, he, and to his credit, he did save them, man, because they were... That, that Absolutely. Was, I think people forget that. that they was were on a their terrible way to situation. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Stern blocked it, but somebody from here had to step up. Correct. And he did to his credit back mm-hmm. then. So. But yeah, I do think in the next couple years. I'm not like saying 100%, but sure, for sake of... Of the game you guys play, write this down. Yeah, write that down by Friday. Write it down. You 18, like writing things down. It's not a game, dude. It's a lifestyle, okay? Yeah, that's fine. So that's not a for game. the lifestyle, Phil, write that down. I'm not playing games here. In the next two years, yeah, I absolutely can see Glenn Taylor selling. What else you got? Let's do some rapid fire scoops oh, here. Oh, here, with give, give me this. Zimmer contract extension. It's coming. Another, but it, are we talking about the same as last year? Another year tacked on? Yeah, I'm working on that. I'm working on or term. Or do you think it's, it's multi-year? Yeah, I mean, that's the question. Is it one year or is it two years? It's coming. I'm, okay. I'm working through on that. 2021, you know through 2021 just means it's a formality. Correct. If it's through 2022 or more, it becomes far more intriguing. It does, although the Wilfs would still cut the check. Like if 2020 oh, goes sure. south, sure. You know, they'd cut the check for an extra couple million if they had it to. Just adds, it just adds intrigue if it's a multi-year deal. Correct. Reggie Jackson bought out today by the Detroit Pistons. He lands with the L.A. Clippers. The local angle on that, Evan Turner worked out for the Clippers over the weekend. I'm told it's very unlikely at this point Who's paying that Evan him? ends up with the Clippers. Who's paying Turner? Well, I mean, the Wolves are on board with all this. I mean, they granted the Clippers permission sure. to work him out. I mean, right now, the Wolves are paying Evan Turner, even though he's he's nowhere to be seen. But it's not his fault. The Wolves have said, we don't need you around here. Right. I mean, the Wolves hope that somebody signs him. Unfortunately, the Rockets signed Damari Carroll. And Jeff Green, you know, the Clippers end up signing Reggie Jackson. Uh, Michael Gilchrist ends up where Dallas. Like, all these guys are getting bought out. Marvin Williams ended up somewhere, maybe Milwaukee. I just don't know if Evan Turner has anything left. That's the problem. But the Wolves would love for Evan Turner to land elsewhere. So if another team wants to work him out, the Wolves absolutely will grant permission. On the Carl Anthony Towns wrist injury, I don't expect to see him on the court Friday. I don't have a definitive timeline for, for when he'll be back. I don't have a sense right now, like, this is a season-ending injury but I don't expect to see him anytime real, real soon. I got well, I got a question for you. Yeah. This just popped into my head. Uh, we did 30 minutes yesterday off the top of the show on the State of the Gopher basketball program. How secure is Richard Pitino? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Because I did some digging. You had me fill in on, on Score North Live noon to two, so we did a deep dive for about 20 minutes on, on that very question. I can tell you before Sunday. So Sunday was a debacle. Second debacle, by the way, in a month. Like, you think yeah. about that game at Purdue. It was bad. Then that game Sunday, 
like snatching defeat from the jaws of victory the way they did twice in the span of three weeks, unacceptable. I will tell you this much. Somebody high up on the university food chain, plus, let's call this individual a booster, so two people. But this was before Sunday's debacle, keep in mind. But they both told me Patino back next year. Okay. Okay. Now, the buyout does go down to $2 million late April. So if they wanted to make a move March 20th or March 25th, they'd have to pay more. And they, but and, the buyout is $2 million at the end of... At the end of April, and they went zero for four on the top four top the the top four high school senior recruits are all else they're all going elsewhere, right? Well, Jalen Suggs, class. yeah, from Minnehaha. By the way, great game tonight at Minnehaha Academy. Eden Prairie against Minnehaha Academy. Great boys basketball game. Yeah, Jalen is either going to go play in Europe or actually maybe Australia or at Gonzaga. Dawson Garcia from Prior Lake is on his way to Marquette. I mean, that's that's a gut punch, right? Losing a kid yeah. to Marquette. They've yeah. lost kids to Marquette before. Duke, but, I'm cool with. Mm, Marquette, I don't know, man. Correct. And I think I think a different coach maybe had a, a realistic shot to keep Dawson Garcia what? home. But Kerwin Walton of Hopkins is uncommitted right now. I would argue he's number three. Now, Ben Carlson at Eastridge is a stud. Stephen Kroll over at Eastview going to Wisconsin. What about this junior, this seven-foot kid, uh, this junior? Chet Holmgren. Yeah, he's not going to the Gophers. God. He yeah, kinda, I mean, he'll be a McDonald's All-American next year. But that's the frustrating, he can go anywhere he wants. He won't be a Gopher. That's the frustrating thing. And his dad thing. played for the Gophers. But that, that's David the, Yeah, that's the tough thing here. That, the tough thing to me is is the amount of talent that's now churned out high school basketball-wise in this state. And not nearly enough stays home. And to Phil's point, I'm with Phil. If you can go to Kentucky or Duke, you're, you're going to go there. And I completely get that. But there's that next level of kid that you should get a lot of those kids. I agree. Like, I'm still bugged that David Roddy of Breck, they offered him too late. He ends up at Colorado State. Yeah. Like, come on. But what? why are you offering And my guy Nico's late? the coach, and but why are you offering there as an assistant. Like, great, but you're losing a kid to Colorado State? But, Doogie, why? Why are you offering too late? Why is this... This seems to happen. Too I don't much. have the answer why they offered so late on him. All right, I like just, him. I don't. I don't have the specific answer. Other kids just, you know, just thinking they can land others, prioritizing others, and figuring if you offer that kid, like if they had offered David Roddy months earlier, he would have committed. Hmm. They would have had David Roddy. So I think he was aiming for other guys, hoping he'd get somebody else. You want me to go rapid fire her quickly on some uh, other th- things? I got about thirty seconds here. Yeah. All right. The links are in on Rachel Bannum, restricted free agent for the Connecticut Sun, but it doesn't look like Connecticut would match an offer. So if the Lynx want Rachel Bannum, they can get her. But there's definite interest there. Tyler Johnson, the former Gopher, is still deciding on what he'll do at next week's combine. He may wait until pro day here on March 25th, for example, to run the 40. Mm-hmm. There's still some conversations about that. Daniel Oturu of the Gophers, talking Gophers basketball. There were nine different NBA teams at the game against Iowa for the upcoming Maryland game next week. Ten different NBA teams will be here. Oof. Still looks like he's like a cusp first-round pick. One thing to keep in mind on Oturu, if he comes back for a third year, he is far enough ahead school-wise where he can earn his degree. That's a big deal to him and his family. Yeah. They could be pretty good next year. That would be another case for, back, for keeping Richard. He should come back. They could be pretty good next year. And if Oturu comes back next year, earns his degree, he could play on a on a pretty good team. What the heck else did I write down here? Oh, Fernando Romero. I checked on him. The Twins still don't know when the heck he'll be here. Well, I say here, in Fort Myers, here in, in the U.S. He was here for Twins Fest. Yeah, how, like, what happened with the visa? So, I don't know. He, and he can win a job in the bullpen. Yeah, his, but they don't know. They hope to have an update tomorrow. But they don't know right now when exactly he's going to arrive in Fort Myers. Yeah. All right. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Thanks, Eyewitness Doogie. News. All right, boys. And the Scoop Podcast, which you can also hear at 6 o'clock on Fridays here on Scorner. The cram session, when we come back, includes...
A little bit of reckless speculation and a question about Teddy Bridgewater. All right, cram session coming up here in just a second on Mackie and Judd with Rami. But one of the things I really like about Federated Insurance is their commitment to giving back to our community. That means a lot to me. I try to do the same thing using uh, my platform, and Federated has an even bigger platform, and they're a gigantic supporter of big brothers and big sisters. And I, I saw a story in the Star Tribune a couple weeks back that sort of highlighted the work that Federated does behind the scenes. So starting in 2003, Twin Cities businessman Don McPherson, through Big Brothers and Big Sisters, started mentoring a boy named Shaquille Nelson when he was eight years old. Shaquille, who's now very successful in his own right, has started his own nonprofit organization, Inner City Ducks. Inner City Ducks provides after-school sports programs for kids at risk in the Twin Cities. So you mentor one person, and they pay it forward by helping dozens of others. That's the mission of Big Brothers and Big Sisters, paying it forward. And that's why Federated Insurance, through the Federated Challenge, has supported Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Minnesota for over 10 years. If you want to learn more about Big Brothers and Big Sisters and the great work that they do, go to BigsTwinCities.org. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download, brought to you by Choice Bank, Minnesota Golf Show. Join Score North's Rami Maklov and Team KSTP at this year's JDRF One Walk to create a world without type 1 diabetes. Saturday, February 22nd, join our team or donate to Team KSTP at scorenorth.com, keyword JDRF. Tom Pelissero joined about an hour ago for his weekly NFL Insights and discussed the timeline for Dalvin Cook contract extension saying i would just say this if delvin cook does not have an extension i definitely wouldn't expect to see him around the facility this spring uh come training camp we'll see because there's a whole bunch of implications and fines and everything else but i mean he's played three years at that position he showed this season when he was uh fully healthy what he can do he's had some you know unfortunate injury situations obviously through the uh the course of his career but he's in a, a good position and that he doesn't have a fifth year option to the second round draft pick uh, his extension is going to need to come sooner than later. Again, the Vikings, with their history, a lot of their extensions don't get done until uh, right before training camp. Uh, could a deal get done sooner than that with Delvin Cook? We'll see. I would certainly expect there's going to be conversations about that in Indianapolis next week. But The best price on everything golf is at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, February 21st through the 23rd at the Minneapolis Convention Center. All advance paid tickets come with 21 green fee passes. Go to minnesotagolfshow.com to buy your tickets. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And Rami back on tomorrow's show, which is probably good for me in this Cram Session because I'm the only one without a win so far this season. You have a win? The standings for the 2020 Cram Session season are Judd with five wins, Rami with one, and I have zero wins so far. In terms of questions, points one, Judd has 11, Rami has five. I, I've only won two questions all year, so I need to I need to shape up. It's a bit of a drought. Well, it's because you had that weird... What was the last one? I thought you were going to win. Oh, it's when you decided to tell us you became a Packer fan <laughs> in 1998. <laughs> And Jonathan and I were just like, "What?" Listen, I'm just here. I'm just here speaking my truth. Okay, it's part of my truth. That I, I worked with you fan. for I worked with you for how long? And I never knew that yeah. I was a Packer fan Shocking for six months. The 1998 NFC Championship game does dark, cryptic things to people, as evidenced. I'm sorry. I didn't become a Packers fan after the 09 season. 
And then Rami came up with what was his answer? It was he, it was totally self serving. Like I won by default. Yeah. Well, Judd with a do- a dominant answer. stranglehold on the cram session standing so far this season. And the way it works is Jonathan throws out three questions and we all answer. Today it's a one on one matchup. And uh, Jonathan awards points based on how well we answer the questions. So let's start off. We also have a Mel Kuyper Mach 2.0 to get to before the show is over. Huge. Some very interesting, compelling things very within that mock. Huge. All right, Jonathan, go ahead. All right, so there was a report yesterday that the market for Teddy Bridgewater may be around $30 million per year. That same number was also thrown out over the weekend for one Tom Brady. So you're the Vikings, and suddenly you have an opening at the quarterback position and big cap space. So here's your options. You get Tom Brady at $30 million a year, mm-hmm. but you only get him for two years and he's retiring. With Brady, I will guarantee you he wins a Super Bowl in those two years, but all bets are off after those two years because he's going to retire and whatever happens, happens. Teddy Bridgewater is your second option. You get him at $30 million a year, but the knee holds up and he gives you 10 good years. I'm not guaranteeing you a Super Bowl win here, but Teddy, but that's still an option. Like It can happen, but I'm not guaranteeing you a Super Bowl. So which option do you take and why? I mean... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna barrel my way in first and say I'll take the Super Bowl. Gordon, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl, so I will. I I don't. To me, if they win a Super Bowl, there's two things on the table here. They can't find a franchise quarterback for ten years, and Teddy helps in this in this instance solve that problem. Yep. But the whole reason why you want a ten year franchise quarterback is so that you can win a Super Bowl. Yep. So if they want to keep doing the Brett Favre. Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon thing where they bring in veteran quarterbacks who are over the hill yep. and it actually results in winning a Super Bowl, then I'm this this would actually be the most fitting way for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. And that the would. last twenty plus years have been spent mostly bringing back veteran quarterbacks. Donovan McNabb, like the list goes on and on. Brad Johnson, part one and Donovan McNabb's Jim McMahon. skipping the ball off the turf to Vasante <laughs> yes. Shanko. Talking yeah. about going to fast food restaurants. This would be the that's fitting way for fast. them to win a Super Bowl. So that's that's the path I'm choosing. Um, I am a thousand in percent agreement with Phil. I will give you a slightly different reason, Jonathan, to give you something to think about, though. Uh, I take the Super Bowl. I take Brady. Bridgewater, great story. It's fantastic. Ten years. That would be great. But the reality is this town needs a championship so badly. It's been since, what, 1991 that one of the four men's sports that we follow closest in this town has won a championship. The Vikings have never won one. So for the reasons that Phil stated, I'm on board completely. But here's why I'm also doing it. And I have a confession to make that I've realized about myself probably within the last six months or so. It's not that you're a Packers fan, is it? No, it's not. I'm a quarterback junkie. Kirk okay. Cousins having stability for 2020, this is no fun. Like, no, guys, seriously, I look at this list of quarterbacks out there, and ordinarily we're involved, right? And I look at this list of, like, Brady yeah, and the Vikings Phillip dream, Rivers. Dream quarterback pool. I mean, yeah. it's just it, it's just, it, it's a cesspool of names. I'm a quarterback junkie. I so badly want in. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to start Ventline talking about, all right, it might not happen, but what if Brady, because he's going to talk to the Vikings, and I got Kirk Cousins, and I know I should, you know, Kirk is, he's not the greatest, but he's reliable. Statistically, he's good. It's like, it's like I got a good family, but I want the fun again. I want the instability. <laughs> I want Brady and Rivers and all this conversation that's really bad for me. I want it back. So I'm taking the short-term fix, not just to win the championship, 
but to feed my addiction, my quarterback addiction. I, it, it's not a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. There it's is, just a real thing. There is an irony that the last yeah. twenty plus years of Vikings football has been spent digging through that exact bin. Yes, and then when the when that bin is the most plentiful, the Vikings <laughs> are strapped with a contract that they can't shed. Yeah. So they can't. And I mean, in the bin. Kirk's a, <laughs> a bit Kirk's annoying. A, Kirk's a good quarterback parent, but it's just boring. Where normally I would agree with you, Judd, and chaos let chaos ensue. Oh, that's great. I because the last twenty years has been digging in bins of quarterbacks that aren't worthy of being free agent quarterback oh. signings that you you marvel at. I want stability at that position for the Vikings for once, and for once we have it, and it's you know, it's Kirk Cousins. It is what it is. So I'm gonna go with Phil here because I just want them to win the Super Bowl. I just want Tom yeah. Brady to win the Super Bowl okay. for the Vikings. Actually, I'm I'm gonna take jo- Jonathan's question, just see what our answers would be yeah. if we so you said two years of Tom Brady. It's thirty million dollars a year, two years of Tom Brady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna guarantee health for two years of Tom Brady and guarantee health for ten years of Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. but we're not gonna guarantee anything else. Mm-hmm. Which would you take? Both you guys. Same parameters? So I get the Super Bowl? You don't no guarantees. Oh, I'm you still you get, get, you get oh, Tom I'm Brady. Taking, I'm two? still taking Brady. I am too. I'm taking Brady, man. I bring it on. I am guaranteeing you Bridgewater's health for ten years. <laughs> no, I can't do and it. If you were wondering what that noise was, that was Judd doing the slap I was, his I was doing arm it. thing I was slapping my injected arm. into Judd's yeah. veins. I got I got I think do. I'm taking Brady too. I mean You know how much fun this you know how much, how yeah. great these shows would be if we were actually talking about Tom Brady. And they're which already by, great right now. I yeah, mean, let's be oh, honest. Which by the way, which with the Vikings, wouldn't be out of bounds. Like, it wouldn't be this, oh, it'll never happen. You don't know. They call Drew Brees. <laughs> like, Drew Brees is the is the most, in the most stable football marriage possible, right? Yeah. Like, Drew Brees and Sean Payton never worry about the other one wandering away or football cheating. And the Vikings called. <laughs> like, the Vikings are it. like, hey, Drew, we're here. Want to talk? Want to text? Hey. You up, Drew? How you doing? Sean's sleeping. I got to go downstairs. <laughs> All right. I have a one nothing league going into question two here. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just ecstatic right now. <laughs> ben Affleck said on Get Up this morning, Ben Affleck on Get Up, which is weird. Uh, he said <laughs> on he said on Get Up this morning that he texted Tom Brady and asked what his plans were for free agency. And all he got back was the shrugging emoji. Yeah. So I want you guys to sum up the Vikings offseason plans in one, two, or three emojis. I'll give you three. Okay. One, because keep in mind, too, 11 million plus over the cap, all right? Yep. The first one, obviously, crying because you got no money. The second one, despair, two beers. Okay. And the third one, because what are you going to do? You feel like a clown. And I love that one. So I'm going crying, two beers, clown emoji. I, I only need two emojis. And I don't know if you can even see this one, but see the, the giant smiley face with the bright white teeth? Yep. So that's emoji number one, and it represents the Vikings starting quarterback that makes almost $30 million a year, ironclad, and his contract is preventing you from doing anything in free agency. And the other emoji is just the eggplant emoji because it's hilarious. I find nothing funny about this. I'm getting drunk, and it's a clown show. What? The eggplant emoji. I didn't expect that one. The eggplant emoji. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? Yep. I know Here, the just, emoji, just yeah. to show you here. Nope, I know what you're It's that saying. one right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's the eggplant emoji. So it is an eggplant. <laughs> I'm going with Judd here. I like this one. Emoji, yeah! Two beers. And then the clown emoji. The clown emoji is my favorite. It's a great one. So. <laughs> all right. Tied up. Going into question number three here. One all. I'm taking this straight from an Ask Reddit I saw the other day because some of the responses were pretty hilarious. How would you make golf a contact sport? <laughs> Are people actually working on this? Is no, there going to be like some XFL-like subdivision or something? That would be amazing. XFL golf? Well, who, what's the secondary tour called now? I don't even know what it's called anymore. I don't know anymore. Secondary but tour? That's yeah. the point. Like, no one it used to be it, right? the Nike tour for years, and it was the, yeah, they changed the name something.com every... tour. Yeah, it was, it was the web.com of... tour. I don't know. All right, so no one watches it, right? right. But, but here's how people would watch it. If once, <laughs> if once on each nine, so you get your pairings, right? And sometimes you've got three, but let's say it's just pairings. So it's me versus Jonathan... And it's, well, not me versus you, but like the pairing is me and you for 18 holes. Yep. I would watch if once every nine holes, I was allowed to tackle you at any point. <laughs> and so I could wait. I could mm. wait like until you're about to tee off on the 18th hole and you're down by one stroke. And I get one tackle on each set of nine holes to lay you out however I see fit. Just a surprise blindside hit. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That's good. That's pretty good. All right, mine is, I, I've got two things here. Gave this great thought, because it's a fantastic question. Thank you. Um, first of all, you serve drinks to all players beforehand. Then you, you have them fight for tea times. So f- they fight for the right to who gets to tee off. So it's like fighting for the kickoff in the XFL. Exactly, exactly. But I'm not done yet, because since you're drunk, keep going. And in the fairway... You and a player fight for the same ball, and you can basically hockey check them, and whoever gets to the ball and hockey checks the other guy off the ball gets to hit the ball. So this is like like when they're like forechecking in the corner? Yeah, kind of well, thing, or, or just whatever. O- open ice hits? I don't care. I just wanted to say now, forechecking. Now you can't, now you can't slash guys, because they're golf clubs, so you could actually do damage there. Yeah. But hits are fine. All right. I like it. I think I'm going to go with the surprise tackle every nine holes. It's good. Yeah. Every nine holes. I, I you like it. Win. it you're just all in, right. the, you you're just in your right. backswing, and all of a sudden, that's a good idea. You take a shot from the back. I like the violence factor. I do. Of both of these. I think violence adds a little flavor to almost every sport. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad yeah. idea for golf, though. That's why I would I would back off. Can you imagine on... Phil Mickelson just coming out of nowhere to blindside what about Tiger a... Woods? It's, it might be Phil Mickelson's only shot to win a tournament <laughs> yes. these days. What about a deal where you, you had this idea of, of violence and hits on par threes. So it's a nine hole tur- or it, it's a nine hole event, par threes, so it's short. Because I feel like if you tried if you 18 that, holes, you'd get tuckered out. But if you can get, and, and the pressure of having to get that pitching wedge shot off from the tee box before someone lays you out, too. Can you imagine you know? the par three tournament every year? It's just a lot of blindside hits every time. And Tony Finau would dislocate his ankle with or without the hit. <laughs> but he'd be fine. He'd keep playing. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, I just went back in. Now that it's out. literally like dislocated his ankle celebrating a hole in well, one, was And it? you saw it. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Saw, you saw it bend out, and then it went back in. He's like, yeah, I'm playing the Masters. Yeah. Ugh. I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. We have the godfather of mockage and his mock draft 2.0 for ESPN.com, Mel Kuyper Jr. Good stuff. And there are some interesting twists in this one. 
one involving the Vikings. Mm-hmm. We'll start off at the top. He's got Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's got Chase Young, pass rusher, Ohio State, going to the Redskins. And that's pretty much standard across almost all mock drafts, whether it's ESPN.com or DraftBlaster.com. Yeah. So what does he have at number three? He's got the Lions taking Tua at number three, which is fascinating. I love it. And I don't know if he's like catching steam or if he just said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to throw a wrench into this whole thing and just get people to talk about this like us. If that happens, it opens up so many fun doors like Matthew Stafford going somewhere else. Do you think the Lions are are, are savvy enough to do this? Like, it's a great idea. No, I don't think they are. Me neither. But could they be looking at this and saying, listen, we were only 3-4-1 and one with Matthew Stafford last year anyways. Like, Here's the key thing. I think they would fire the coach if they were going to do this. But So Stafford is, I, I think his relationship currently with the Lions is tenuous at best, but his contract voids after 2020. So you could actually you could what, sit him. What would you be the sit, ideal? You could sit Tua. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you had a decent relationship in 2020, which I don't know if they would or not, but with Stafford, exactly, you could sit Tua for a year. It's ideal. And you could say, listen, Matthew, this is kind of weird. In fact, hmm, interesting. So you're telling me that the Detroit Lions have an above average but not elite quarterback that makes about $25, $30 million with one year left on his deal and would maybe be looking for the next franchise quarterback. I can't think of a similar scenario. No, 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 I can't. No, Shocking. Um, That they could say, listen, we want to preserve the relationship. It's been a great run. We need to think about the next 10 years here, and uh, we're going to move on after this year. But you have a full year to get your resume right. You're going to play all year. You can think about where you want to live with your family. You can plan this whole thing out. It'll be great. You could do a farewell tour. I think it's a good way to do it, and the Vikings should consider the same thing. Although the price to trade up, if especially it's be too much, if you got to trade to to, then oh. you have to trade to like number two in the Vikings or, world. Yeah, it's absolutely ideal. By the way, if the Lions do want to take Tua, it's checkmate. No one's going to be able to trade up because if Washington wants Chase Young, they're not trading out unless you trade right. your whole draft. So correct. Anyhow, Mel Kiper has quarterback Justin Herbert going to the Dolphins at number five. I'm going to scroll all the way down to the 20s because the next really interesting one that I saw was to the Patriots at 23. He's got Washington quarterback Jacob Eason going to New England in the first round. And then at number 25, according to Godfather Mock to the Minnesota Vikings, safety, Gophers, Antoine Winfield Jr. I want a Mock! Here's the Whoa. write-up. Yes, this is the son of that Antoine Winfield, who was drafted by the Bills in the 1999 first round, played nine seasons for the Vikings. The junior Winfield had seven picks last season. While interceptions can sometimes be misleading as a projection tool for prospects, he was more than a ball hawk. He also had 88 tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles. He showed great range and instincts at the position, and I really like watching his 2019 tape. Let's hope he's passed the hamstring and foot injuries that prematurely ended his previous two seasons. Safety might not appear to be a priority position for the Vikings, but they have salary cap issues and could lose Anthony Harris to a big offer in free agency. If this happened, I feel like it's a little bit of a reach, especially for a safety, but he's awesome. We've gotten to see him firsthand. I think he's going to be a star player in the NFL. Yes, but oh, I think he's going to be very good. Safety in the first round when you have offensive line needs. And, and he's not going to go in, in the first round. But Isn't I, he projected as like a third rounder? Yeah. I think that's accurate, but I love the idea because here's the thing. He could play some safety, but I think he could easily also play where his dad played, 
inside in the nickel. He's built the same as his old man. He's got great instincts, great athlete. I love the idea of getting him first rounds too early. So, Godfather Mock has spoken, and he threw a couple nice little grenades. You got into a second it. for something here? We have exactly 30 seconds. Jason Stark tweeted some of the takeaways from Manfred's press conference that he just did in Arizona at spring training. Number three is MLB, quote, will take every possible step to protect Mike Fires. Like at his home or I in don't games have or? any idea. Like, is I mean, he in danger? Astros fans are crazy. Well, clearly they feel he's in danger. Yeah. Well, let's get into more of that tomorrow. That? More of that tomorrow. Rami's back tomorrow. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, podcastable, Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. Royce Unchained next.